when you look at your prayer life, I would hazard a guess that the majority of your prayers are the microwave variety. You know what I mean by that? You know, they're, they're the quick ones. A quick word of thanks or protection. Thank you, Lord, or help me, Lord, you know. Do you find yourself doing that, or is that just me? You know, it's really easy to fall into that pattern. But what about the tougher issues in life? The parents whose son or daughter has walked away from the Lord and are praying for his or her return. How long do you keep on praying? The man or woman whose spouse walked out on them and they've been praying for three or four years for them to come back. How long do you keep on praying? The family whose loved one is dying. They're terminally ill. How long do you keep praying? The single adult who wants to be married and is praying for Mr. and Mrs. Wright to come along. How long do you keep praying? For those who want to change in their life and are seeking God's guidance and asking him to change, it, but it hasn't happened. How long do you keep on praying? Well, how long do I keep on praying? That's what I want us to look at this morning especially when we don't see the answer. Now, Jesus knew that we can easily get discouraged about prayer and give up. So he tells a parable in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8, about persistent prayer. And in verse 1, we are told the point of the parable. It says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. Now, rarely do we get the point before Jesus tells the story. But Luke does so in recording this parable. So when it comes to praying for someone or some situation, Jesus says what? We should pray and never give up. But I want us to look at the whole parable. That's the point of the sermon. You can check out now and take your nap if you'd like. But I want to look at the parable. And I want you to follow along as I read from Luke 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was this widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Now, this is kind of a troublesome parable. Maybe even a little bit humorous. I mean, Jesus loved to use rascals as object lessons. And in this parable, we see this tug-of-war between this powerful judge and this powerless widow. 
Now, the judge was not a Jewish judge, and disputes between Jews were taken before the elders of their people and not to the public courts. This judge was one of the paid magistrates appointed either by Herod or by the Romans. And these judges were crooks. And unless a plaintiff had influence and money to bribe their way to a verdict, they had no hope of ever getting their case settled. So here's this judge, hard-boiled, godless, unsympathetic, heartless, callous, and could care less about this widow or anybody else, yet he has all the power. Now, the widow in this parable is a symbol of all who were poor and defenseless. And it was obvious that she, without resources of any kind, had no hope of ever extracting justice from such a crooked judge. The widow is powerless. She has no clout, no leverage, but she has one thing, perseverance. And she goes and begins to badger this judge saying, I want justice and I want it now. And she really makes a nuisance of herself until finally the judge, exhausted, gives in. I'll make sure you get what your request is. Now, is it possible that the judge feared that there would be physical violence? I mean, the word attacks in verse 5 literally means to hit under the eye. In other words, this powerful judge fears that this powerless widow is going to give him a black eye. Now, I think the message paraphrase gets it right. It says this, but because this widow won't quit badgering me, I'd better do something and see that she gets justice. Otherwise, I'm going to end up being beaten black and blue by her pounding. I think that's kind of comical here. I mean, here's this powerful judge who is imitated, uh, intimidated by this helpless widow. And all she does is keep on being persistent, and he fears for his life. But what's the point of the story? Well, we got that in verse 1. What was it? We should pray and never give up. Persistent prayer. Now, Jesus closes this parable by looking ahead into the future to his second coming and states his concern that when he comes back, will he find such people who are persistent in their praying as this widow? Now, there's two kinds of parables Jesus told. One is a a parable of comparison. Jesus would say God is like, and then he would go on to give a comparison of what God was like. The other kind of parable is a parable of contrast. God is not like this. Well, this parable is a parable of contrast. God is not like this judge. Jesus is saying, basically, if a heartless, ungodly judge will eventually give in to the request because it's asked enough times, how much more will your heavenly Father who loves you answer your prayers? If that is true, if God really wants to answer my prayers, how come my prayers aren't being answered? I prayed for changes in my life and they haven't taken place. I've prayed for miracles and they haven't happened. Not yet. How long should I keep on praying? It's a legitimate question. And Jesus' answer to that question is what? That they should pray and never give up. 
Now, if you think about it, you are either praying or you're giving up. That's kind of scary, isn't it? You're always doing one or the other. If you find yourself discouraged this morning, you don't like yourself, you don't like your situation, you don't like the way the things are, it's because you're not praying. You have given up. So you're either praying or you're giving up. Ephesians 6, 18 says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Never stop praying. Okay, we understand that. But why? Why should I be persistent in my prayers? If God wants to answer and he doesn't do it, why should I keep on praying? I want to give you four reasons this morning of why we should be persistent in our prayers. And the first one is persistent praying focuses my attention. Praying the same thing over and over focuses my attention. And when you pray a prayer request again and again, it's not to remind God. He doesn't need to be reminded. It's to remind yourself who is the source of the answer, who is the source of all of your needs. And persistent prayer is not blackmail where you finally beat up God until he gives in and answers your prayers. That's not what Jesus is teaching us in this parable. The point is, is that persistent prayer keeps us focused. Now, if every prayer we prayed was instantly answered, two things would be true. First, prayer would become like a weapon of destruction. In anger, you'd pray, Lord, strike him dead. Boom! Now, I've been tempted to do that a couple times in my life, and I'm glad it didn't happen. But the second thing is, if every prayer you prayed was instantly answered, you would never think about God. Because God would become a vending machine to you. Put in the prayer, get out the candy. And you don't think about a vending machine when you walk up to it. You don't think, look how well designed this vending machine is. Look at the great things that it can give me. You don't think about that. All you care about is getting the results. I want the candy bar. If you prayed and every time you prayed, you instantly got results, all you think about is the blessing. But God wants us to think about Him, to focus on him. And when he holds back the answer to our prayer, it focuses, forces us to focus on him. He's the source of everything we need. Matthew 6, 5, 6, 6 says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So Jesus is telling us here, get off by yourself, get alone. Now, have you noticed sometimes when you pray in front of other people, you, you pray differently? You, you kind of role play? Sometimes you take on a little bit different voice. Our most gracious heavenly father. <laughs> and God is going, who? <laughs> now, imagine your kids coming into the room saying, Almighty, omnipotent creator of our family, we beseech thee that thou would give us a raise in our allowance. Now, that's not how they approach you. They simply say, Dad, I need some money. Give them the allowance now. They get older, they cost you more, I'll tell you. So, 
God's word says, get off by yourself. Be honest with God. Come before God as simply and honestly as you can manage. And what happens is, is the focus shifts from you to him. You begin to sense his grace. You will recognize him as the source of everything that you need. You ask him to meet your needs. And don't look to other people to meet your needs or yourself. Psalm 105 verse 4 says, Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. And that's what persistent praying is. It focuses us on God. Second, persisting praying clarifies my request. Now, a delayed answer gives me some time to clarify exactly what I want. A delayed answer gives me time to refine my prayers. Do I really want it? Now, the problem with many of our prayers is they are too vague. When we pray, we don't pray specifically enough. We will pray things like, God be with us. Well, God is always with us. He promised us that. That's no big deal. You don't have to pray that one. Or you pray, God bless us. Well, what is a blessing? Can anybody really define what a blessing means? I mean, the Bible says sometimes that a blessing is a problem. Is that what you're praying for? God, give me some problems? You better be careful about praying for blessings because blessings are often things you don't know. They're blessings in disguise. You see, we need to be more specific. More specific you are in your prayers, the more dynamic they are. The more God can answer them. Now, on top of that, when you pray persistently, when you ask for something more than once from God, it clarifies what you really want. It shows what your heart's desire is. It shows what you really mean business. And if I don't care about praying for something more than one time, it's just a whim. It means that that's not important to me. But if I keep praying about something more than once, it means that I really care about this. It's kind of like kids at Christmas. You know, there used to be the JCPenney catalog. Anybody remember those? It's been years since those have been out, right? And when that arrived at our home, our kids would grab that thing and there would be all these dog-eared pages in there. I mean, page after page of, of uh, dog-eared pages. And I always found it funny that the pages with dishes were also dog-eared too. Why would my young daughters want dishes, honey? <laughs> the good thing is, is that the I wants get too long. And they have to get more specific. But there was usually one thing that rose to the top of their list, and they kept asking for it over and over and over again. They really wanted it. When you pray persistently to our Heavenly Father, and you say something over and over, it separates the deep longings from mere whims. It says, God, I really care about this. It's not that God doesn't want to answer your prayers. He does. It's just that he wants you to be certain that that's what you really want. Yet there, there are times when you don't know what to pray for. Have you been there? You're hurting emotionally. You're discouraged. You're confused. You're depressed. You're grieving or filled with sorrow. Your heart is breaking. And you really don't know what to pray for. I love Romans 8.26. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. 
We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. You see, in those situations, God knows how you feel. And the Holy Spirit prays for you. And he prays for those longings, those groanings inside that we can't verbalize. And he helps clarify our requests. Now, sometimes God wants to answer our prayers because he's helping you think through the real problem. What do I really want here? What's the real goal here? What's the objective? Why doesn't he answer immediately? Well, persistent praying clarifies my request. But third, persistent praying test my faith. Proverbs 17.3 says, The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. You know, extreme heat brings out the best and precious metals like silver and gold. It refines them. It burns off the impurities. And there are times that God tests our heart that way. He strengthens it by testing it. And he weeds out the junk and gets to the heart. So how does God test your faith? I think his favorite way of testing you is delay. Are you familiar with this test? Have you ever been in a hurry when God wasn't? It's a frustrating place to be. But God's timetable is perfect. He's never early. He's never late. You pray, God, I got to have this answer now. I got to have this healing now. I got to have this miracle now. I've got to have this money now, this solution, these friends, whatever. I got to have it now. And God says, uh-uh, you really don't know it all, do you? And God tests our faith through delays. Why? Well, why does God test our faith? Look at James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It gives us an explanation. It says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops what? Perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. Maturity, that's the goal God wants for us. And the only way we can grow to maturity, emotional maturity, spiritual maturity, is to have your faith tested. And one of the ways he's going to test it is by delaying some of your answers to prayer. Now, one of the tests of maturity is how long can you wait? That's a mark of maturity, the ability to wait. How come long can a two-year-old wait? Not at all. How long can a teenager wait? About as long as a two-year-old. We're not good at it. But there comes a point in your life where all of a sudden you grow up, you mature, and there's this thing that enters your life called delayed gratification. And delayed gratification means that not everything happens on my timetable. Sometimes I have to wait for good things. Now, it doesn't always happen immediately, instantly. I mean, life is not some lottery where, you, you, uh, where every day I win a million bucks and things just go my way. It didn't, it didn't work that way. And what you have to learn is that you have to put in the effort, put in the time, put in the skills and development and habits, and then the payoff comes. There's always a waiting period between what you want and the way life is right now. And that's called maturity. So God sometimes delays answers to prayers because he's waiting for you to grow up. 
Your faith is kind of like a muscle. It's developed as it's stretched. And every time you're waiting for an answer to prayer, it's a faith-building exercise. Because persistent praying tests my faith. Now, fourth, persistent praying prepares my heart for the answer. When you pray persistently, often God wants to answer in a bigger and better way than what you've prayed for. You say, this is what I want, and God says, I can do better. I can do better. And the truth is, sometimes God denies our prayer requests because we're thinking too small. We're asking too small. He wants to give you something bigger and better. But first, he has to prepare you for the bigger and better answer because you're not ready for it yet. So God uses delays in answering prayer to help you grow, to help you get ready, to prepare you for even a bigger and better answer. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Immeasurably, that's a great word. You know, see in the bumper sticker that says, Prayer changes things. That's true, it does. But prayer doesn't just change things. It changes you. While you are waiting, God is working. And what's he working on? You. You know, prayer is, is, is not this tug of war with God. You think you're waiting for God to answer, uh-uh. No, God is waiting on you. And once you've developed, once you've matured, once you've obeyed, once you've done things the way he wants done, the answer's going to come. You're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. You see, our struggle is not with God. Our struggle is with ourselves. And we have to get prepared to get blessed the way God wants to bless us. I read about a missionary who went to a small village on one of the Indonesian islands, and for eight years, he prayed for the people in that village that they would come to Jesus Christ. He prayed every day. He shared his faith. He loved on the people. He sacrificed. He told them the good news of Jesus Christ. Not one person accepted Christ. But he prayed it every day for eight years. He kept praying. He kept believing. And on one day, the chief, the tribal leaders, the entire village accepted Christ on the same day. And in the next year, 1,200 new believers were baptized. See, God's timetable is perfect. He's never early. He's never late. He is always on time. His time. He wants to answer our prayers in a way that's bigger and better than we thought. But he has to prepare us first. So why do I keep on praying until I get an answer? Well, we've talked about persistent prayer. It focuses my attention. It clarifies my request. It tests my faith. prepares my heart for the answer. But Let's go back and consider our main question. How long, how long do I keep on praying? Well, the Bible has a lot to say about prayer. Ephesians 6, 18 says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Romans 12, 12 says, Be faithful in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, Pray continually. You know, nowhere in the Bible does it say that you can stop praying just because you get discouraged. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you can give up and quit because the answer hasn't happened on our timetable. 
I've been praying for this change in my life, and it hasn't happened. I've been praying for this miracle. I've been praying for this healing. I've been praying for my spouse to come back. I've been praying for a partner. I've been praying for children. Nowhere does it say that we're to stop praying because we got tired or disgusted or discouraged. It says never stop praying. Keep on believing. Keep on asking. But is there ever a time when I can stop praying for a particular issue? Well, yes, there are. In fact, there's two times when you can stop. You see, you can stop praying when God changes the situation. In other words, he either answers your request or the burden is resolved. If what you've been praying for happens, then obviously you can stop praying then. God has answered your prayer. It's time to move on. Or maybe God removed the burden and there's no more need to keep on praying. It's been resolved. Maybe not the way that you wanted it to be resolved, but it's been resolved. You can also stop praying when God changes you, when God changes me. And sometimes as God uh, grows you and develops you, you realize, you know, I, I, I don't want to pray for that anymore because that's not what I really want. I wanted that in my immature stage, but now I've matured a little bit in my faith, and, and I really don't need that anymore. God has not changed the situation. He has changed you. It's not something you need. It's not something you need to do. God has changed you, so you don't need to be praying about it. I have one more question about persistent prayer, and this is the hardest one. What do I do while I'm waiting How many of you are really patient people? Oh my goodness. Two things you can do while you're waiting for an answer. First one is wait patiently. Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. You know, we don't mind waiting as long as we can grumble while we're doing it, right? I mean, we don't mind going to the DMV as long as we can gripe and complain and talk about how much we dislike being there in line. But what's God say to us? Be still. How do you know if you're really being patient? Well, you don't get the wiggles. Little two-year-olds, they can't sit still if they had to. They get the wiggles. And sometimes we get the spiritual wiggles while we're waiting on God to answer prayer. We get nervous, we get restless, we want to jump up and do something, and God says, huh, wait patiently, be still, watch me act. Don't get restless, don't get nervous, don't get the wiggles, don't try to take matters into your own hands. Wait patiently. Second, wait expectantly. Trust God to hear and to answer. Has he ever been faithful in the past to you? Yeah. Why wouldn't he be faithful in the future? Psalm 105 verse 5 says, remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. So the bottom line really is, do you believe the promises of God? Does God keep his word or is he a liar? He says, I will answer your prayers. Ask, ask me and I will answer your prayers. 
but do you wait expectantly for him to do that? Isaiah 49, 23 says, those who hope in me will not be disappointed. Now in Luke 11, Jesus told another parable similar to this one of the persistent widow. Different stories, but the same meaning. He's saying, don't give up. And at the end of this parable, he says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. And literally, this means to keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. You just don't do it once and give up. You go to somebody's house and you knock on their door, do you say, oh, they're not home, and walk away? You do that? You know they're home, so you keep knocking till they come. See, God wants us to be persistent. I mean, have you ever called anybody on the phone and let it ring once? Of course not. You let it ring multiple times, and hopefully it will go to voicemail if the mailbox is not full, which is usually a bad sign. But God says, keep on seeking, keep on asking, keep on knocking. And God's word for you today is if you are praying for something to change, hang in there. And while you are waiting, God is working. Somebody asked Daniel Boone, the famous frontiersman, have you ever gotten lost in the wilderness? And he said, no, I've never been lost. I've been bewildered for weeks at a time, but I've never been lost. <laughs> when you've been bewildered, do you just keep on going? Some of you may feel that way right now. You're bewildered. You're bewildered about your marriage. I'm praying for it to get better, and it's not getting any better. You're bewildered about your career. Do I go up? Do I go down? Do I change jobs, or do I do this? You're bewildered about a relationship. And you may feel like the widow in this parable, powerless and helpless. And you can't do anything to change your situation on your own. You're bewildered. Well, the point of this whole parable is, don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Look up. Don't despair. Turn to prayer. There's one for you to go home and repeat over and over again. Yeah, don't despair. Turn to prayer. When God doesn't answer your prayers, you need to remember a couple important truths. First, God is in control and you are not. Surprise. He knows better what you need than you do. And there is no mountain too tall that he can't move. There is no problem so big that he can't solve it. There is no storm so dark that he cannot calm it. There is no sorrow so deep that he cannot soothe it. God is in control. And the second thing you need to remember is that God will honor your patience. Whether you ever, whether you ever receive the answer or not, he's going to reward your patience. If not in this world, in the life to come, you will be rewarded for your faith and your patience, whether that answer comes or not. Because God will sustain you while you are waiting. I love Psalm 55, 22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Now, maybe you've been praying for a child or a parent or a friend or a coworker to find Jesus. 
I'd like to say a word of encouragement to you. If you have been praying for someone you love to find Christ and it hasn't happened yet or as quickly as you'd like, don't give up. Be persistent. Keep praying. God is using your prayers in ways that you cannot see. And I think we all know someone who needs Jesus Christ in his or her life. Maybe they've never accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord. Maybe they walked away from him and they need to come back. It could be an immediate family member, one or more of your children, one or both of your parents, a brother, a sister. It could be a relative, a cousin, aunt or uncle, grandparent that you're close to. It could be a neighbor that you've been able to get to know. Maybe it's a work associate you care for deeply. Maybe it's you. Who is that person who you love and who you care about who doesn't know Jesus Christ? Have you been praying for them? Persistently praying for them? Who's on your list that you pray for every day to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord? Don't have a list? Start one. Begin praying and don't give up. If you're not praying for people to accept Jesus as Savior and Lord, you are robbing your loved ones of the best news ever. And as an act of love, you and I had better be praying for people who don't know Christ, people we are close to, and begin praying persistently that they will come to know Jesus Christ. Because they are helpless against our prayers. If we will just pray. And how long do we pray for them? We're to pray and not give up. Our Father, this parable seems so simple and, like I said, maybe a little bit humorous, but the point is very clear. You want us to be persistent in our prayers and not give up. And especially when it comes to people we love, people we know, who don't know you. Father, help us to continue to lift them up in prayer that they would come to find the love and the grace that's available through you and your son, Jesus Christ. So, Father, as we leave this place, may those people be on our mind today and may they be in our prayers. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, have yourself a good week. Right? <laughs> okay, you motivated me, brother. <laughs> There are a couple situations I've been praying for, um, not as earnestly as I once was, but I'm, I'm not going to quit, Lauren, not going to quit. Thank you. That was a great encouragement. Oh, thank you, Lord. That was so good. I have to make two quick announcements. Number one, um, there's a little extra to do today, not only when we get time, put the chairs and tables back there, uh, pick up everything, but also... Um, on behalf of my wife and my um, and Kim and the staff, they're going to set up the risers because the the little kids are going to have a program. Pretty the little preschool kids, yeah. So we just need help with that. Go ahead and fellowship a little bit and enjoy, and don't quit praying. Thank you, Lauren. That was awesome. Have a great week. <laughs>